Hey, it's Lynn. Thanks for coming. It's kind of like having a friend over. I hope you really like all the podcasts. It's fun doing them, and it's really cool talking about God and sharing how I feel about Him. So, enjoy! So, we're reflecting on why is it that blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is unforgivable. And because I, I, I can become a little confused, maybe you guys can too, Jesus is also God. So how come it's okay to blaspheme against Jesus but not against the Holy Spirit? Isn't he one and the same with the Holy Spirit? So what is it about the Holy Spirit that's so special that um, that's unforgivable? Unforg- we were talking about... Um, People could have mistaken Jesus for just a prophet. They're just looking at him as a man. He's, he's just like me. So you can be deceived by your senses. You know, I, this guy looks like me, sounds like me. So Jesus understands you may not get me 100%. You may say bad things about me. I forgive you. I forgive you. Because you're just, you're not quite there yet. You're just seeing things from a very limited point of view. Problem comes when you begin to look a little deeper into me and you, and you still remain deceived and allow yourself to remain deceived and go, don't go any further than that and start calling what I'm doing bad. So the Pharisees were calling exercising demons bad and he was warning them, you're starting to see good things as bad and I'm, and I'm warning you, Pharisees, you're starting to see bad things as good. Meaning, you're living very high on the hog. You're living off, off the fat of the land. You're, you're, you know, all this stuff that he said that they were doing at the time. They were taking widows' money and not helping them. They were letting poor people exist among... Uh, they were starting to get very prideful and, and, and detached from the suffering and the real people around them. And that is bad. <laughs> and they didn't see it as bad. Or at least they didn't see it. They didn't see it at all. They didn't see these people at all. They were blinded, friends. So let's just talk about one sense. Your eyes can see. God gave us the gift of sight to see beautiful things. And some of the things that we see in the world that are created are beautiful. Beautiful car, beautiful woman. There's nothing wrong with seeing, obviously. And Jesus says sometimes our thoughts and our, our sights can get us into trouble. And that would be akin to him saying, you can blaspheme against me. I understand. We're all human and we can fall and we are sinful, especially from the very first sin. It was a sin of, I saw the apple, it looked good. So we see our apples everywhere. The minute you click off this podcast or maybe while you're what listeners, but you're seeing things that are good. There are apples out there for you. And it's not a bad or good thing. So sometimes we take the apple and it's okay. Or sometimes we take the apple and it wasn't okay. Something we did was not right. So what do you do with that? I've sinned. Okay, that's forgivable. We keep sinning. We keep taking that same apple. And all of a sudden, our senses get dulled to, at one time, that apple was bad and I knew it was bad. But when I kept taking the apple over time, I started getting dulled to that conscience that was telling me, stop doing this. That's not good for you. And then over time, you have a sin pattern, everybody. And then all of a sudden, you have a very big thing to overcome. 
So let's maybe not get hung up on the you can sin against me but not against the Holy Spirit thing. Let's just talk about the fact that Jesus knows he maybe represents your, your first sense of your, your acknowledgement or your even knowing there's a God out there maybe came from your senses. I heard something that was really great. I saw something that was really inspiring. That's your first uh, uh, introduction to God. And that was your sense, and that was a good thing. Um, and then you go deeper into that sense, and, and he says, well, sit with me for a little bit. Learn about me. Learn from me. And that's where you develop and get a deeper relationship with God. That's how we develop. <clears throat> that's what he wants. Take that in the reverse. I started a sin pattern the same way. I saw something that really looked good to me, and <clears throat> but I had at least some sort of a conscience about it, and I knew, well, that wasn't the greatest thing, but I did it anyway. And instead of coming and bringing that to Christ, we are embarrassed by it, and we just shove that away. I, I shouldn't have done that, but I did. And But then the next time that came up, that same temptation, we didn't say no again. And then we have a little bit less problem with it. Our senses are getting dulled. And then, friends, three, four, five times, then over a month time or a couple of years, it's all of a sudden now so built up as almost like a callus inside your heart that any kind of conscience feelings are just bouncing off your hardness of heart. I don't care about that anymore. I don't care about that anymore. That's not wrong. Now I have a year of justification of my behavior. I'm, I've justified it for so long. I no longer see it as wrong. I see my justification as more important than the original goodness of heart I used to have. The justification is more real to me than the truth. My truth is now more important than the truth. And so I think Jesus just didn't want us to start calling bad good and good bad. And the Holy Spirit is all good. So the minute you start calling all good bad, that's what it means by unforgivable. That's what sends us into hell, not the sin pattern. But the, not the sin, the sin pattern, and then the lifestyle built on the sin pattern and the hardened, the hardened heart. I know that's really deep and takes some pondering, but if you just know God, you know he's good. And he's like, let's keep this simple. God is good. And the minute you start saying God's not good, there's a sin beginning there. And, and stop it right there, or it's going to become this unforgivable sin in the end. And he doesn't want that to happen. It's not that hard. Good is good, and bad is bad. You can have people that don't go to church that have lived a good life their whole lives. Jesus knows he has their heart. They may not call him Jesus, they may not know Jesus or have been introduced to Jesus, but he knows that that person lived a life searching for goodness, searching for truth, and searching to do well by their neighbor. And it's that simple. The devil wants to complicate everything and start to come in there and go, yeah, but what about, mm, but this and that, and get us all hung up on legalities, like the Pharisees got hung up on legalities. Oh, but they're not washing their hands 10 times before that. Yeah, you know what? Jesus would just shake his head and go, no, we're not washing our hands before this. Um, but you know why? Because he was out there helping a poor guy and he was, and he was binding up somebody's wounds. Literally, this, my, my disciples were out there 
cleaning the, the cuts of that bruised guy that's been on your, your doorstep for 10 years that you haven't done anything with. Um, God's very simple. He just sees it like, are you, are you looking for me? And you may not be looking for me, but are you looking? Are you looking for good? Or are you looking for truth? Are you looking to um, live at peace with your neighbor? Is your heart soft? What is a soft heart? Someone that easily sees their neighbor and, and drops everything to, to go help that neighbor. It's simple. The, the devil wants to jump into our brains and make everything complicated. Think second about that before you go help that neighbor. What if this? What if that? What are they going to think of you? What is your reputation? What does your outside appearance look like? Are you going to look stupid? Are you going to look weak if you do that? And he just wants to stop you from action. The easy impulses are from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is all good impulses. You get a good impulse, go do it. You get a good idea, go do it. Don't think twice about it. The Holy Spirit, when he has complete and utter control over your mind, soul, body, and spirit, is clear, fast, direct, personal, has a plan, has a strategy for your life. Listen to it. Because I'll tell you, what we don't want to hear and what we never preach about is, you know who else has a plan and strategy for your life? The devil, your enemy. You were born with a beautiful and gorgeous and pure and holy soul and holy identity, and he wants to rip that right out of your hands as soon as he can. Maybe never, you never knew that, and, you know, and now you have to regain that identity, or maybe you knew it at one time, and he played you, my friends. He played you. He, he offered something into your life that was, looked good, but really wasn't of God, and we started following that path, and then all of a sudden we opened our eyes one day, and we're lonely, and we're empty, and we may even have you know, picked up some sort of illness or disease, or God only knows what. And we go, how did this happen? Well, one decision after another after another. So we have voices that are speaking to us in our heads. We have our own voice speaking to us. We have the voice of God absolutely speaking to us. We have the voice of our enemy speaking to us, especially if you are already baptized, everybody. You know, as a baby, you were baptized. He knew that even before you knew that. So you have an enemy. I'm, you have an enemy at the beginning because you have the prize at the beginning. You've already got your crown at the beginning if you were baptized as a baby. Um, but we still have an enemy even if we're not a baptized Christian because he wants to bring everybody to hell, whether they're <laughs> baptized or not. He, he has it in for the human race. And that's a whole other story. But you have an enemy who has a strategy and he's got voices in your head. Um, and what's really important is this podcast, guys, is, is starting to think about who we're listening to. And what are the voices that we're listening to? Well, you will know, and uh, many people have said, please follow up the one about listening so that I know who to listen to. It's very simple. I don't want to, there are other people who are out there talking about this, but it's very simple. Is the voice leading you to a closer relationship with your creator, with God, to, okay, well, what if I don't know my creator and my God? I don't use this God. Okay, well, is this voice, these choices you're making based on things you're hearing in your head and your heart, are these choices you're making leading you to light, to 
heaven to holiness to peace um because it can look good well i was happy yeah i i you know certain things that are not good for us can have a have a momentary happy feeling a good feeling but let's say over time that same pattern i'm listening to that voice i'm doing that behavior over time is it leading you into healthy places and happy places and peaceful places and community with others? Or is it leading you into isolation, fear, doubt, anxiety, paranoia, darkness? This is how you know over time whether you've been listening to the voice of God or the voice of the devil, the voice of the enemy. Yes, are there others? Your own voice, yes, and stuff like that. But I guess that's like listening 101 is... I wasn't even aware I had voices I was listening to or opinions I was listening to, things I was listening to. Um, but we are. And there is another way to know when you're being guided by the Holy Spirit. The quote-unquote voice of God. We just discussed this in this little break. It is this. I said a lot about hearing the voice in your head. What voices are you listening to? Because a lot of us make decisions based upon our intellectual. I thought this and I, and I, I saw it. I wanted it. I did it. But it was all kind of brain related. But the really interesting thing is, yes, that's one way God speaks through our mind. But I, I'm sorry I even missed this, saying this earlier. But truly, God can use your your mind but speaks more through your heart um our heart and our soul you know if you put your hand on your chest right now you know god's speaking in our heart and i love this too a little bit lower in your gut um there's some terminology actually that i've come across in the past that talked about where is the soul actually located and sometimes we say the heart but we also say in the gut i have a gut feeling about that or a feeling in my heart that it's the center and the real core of our being is the center, is the heart. So all this to say, you may remember the scripture verse where the two men, it's right after the, the resurrection. And there are two men walking on the quote-unquote road to Emmaus. So they've just left Jerusalem and they've just heard rumors that Jesus has risen from the dead. And they don't quite believe it yet or they wouldn't be leaving Okay, they're leaving Jerusalem just downcast, absolutely without hope, despair. Uh, we thought he would be the leader for us, and now he's been executed. People are saying they're seeing him in the city. It's crazy town. We're getting out. We're going back to our former lives. So they're walking, and this stranger comes up next to them and begins walking with them. And he says, uh, what, are you, what are you guys talking about? If you don't mind, I'm going to walk with you. Probably at the time, in a very practical way, friends, where they were walking was probably not so safe. It was better to band, even if they were strangers, it was better to band together walking to wherever your location was than to walk by yourself on some of these roads. There were, quite frankly, robbers and bandits out there. You could be rolled and killed. So he just, that was probably the excuse for him being a stranger to join these two was, let's just walk together until I'm going here, you guys are going there, we'll walk together. So they're all walking with this stranger. So Jesus purposely kept his identity um, anonymous but he asked them what are you talking about might as well join in if i'm walking this path with you and they said well 
we're talking about this Jesus of Nazareth that was just killed and he was supposed to be the Messiah for Jerusalem but you know people are he's dead now and people are seeing him around and he says what what Jesus what crucifix and he and they're and they're dumbfounded they say are you the only person in in Jerusalem that has not heard what has been going on the last couple of days and he says what sorts of things remember friends he's trying to get them to engage he's drawing them out with questions and so they said well and they started to relay what their senses had seen and heard I saw him crucified we heard he was showing up and he looks at them and he says are you so slow to believe what was said in the scriptures and I would think at this point I'd be a little tipped off not ticked off guys tip with a P like who is this speaking now who's all of a sudden an authority on the scriptures <laughs> and he started and here's the thing everybody he started pointing out from scripture from scripture all of the prophecies that foretold exactly what was going to happen and these guys had not connected the dots yet all they were doing was going on the surface seeing all these things that had happened but he's like well yeah but didn't it say in Isaiah that he'd be suffering and didn't it say in this other part of the scriptures that he would be from from Nazareth you said he was from Nazareth well this guy was from that right and then oh it said in this other part of the scripture that he'd be born in Bethlehem didn't you say that this guy when you told me he was born in, wasn't he born and all of a sudden he started pointing out as it says in God in the gospel all these scriptures that absolutely pointed to him to this was the Messiah and didn't it say that he would die and it didn't it say and so the cool thing was friends that however long this walk was it says by the time that they were at the place where they were gonna part ways it, he made it seem as if he was gonna stop the walk there and go off to his own wherever he was going and they said please stay with us because he had ignited something in their hearts later skip ahead a bit he he goes into this place with them to the inn they break bread they have the meal that night and as he breaks the bread his identity is is revealed they recognize it's Jesus they've been with the whole time can you imagine I mean can you wow so it was him the whole time so he and then he disappears he vanishes he doesn't tell him now go back to where go back to, to he just vanishes let, leading them to just look at themselves and look at each other and go holy smokes holy smokes we had it happen to us what everybody's been saying you showed up to us now and it says but and this is really the most important part of the entire scripture it says it had to be him were not our hearts burning within us when he was opening up the scriptures were not our hearts burning within us so the unmistakable feeling of the Holy Spirit of knowing you're you're on the right path and listening to the right voices is the burning inside your heart and gut I just know I just know this is the right thing sometimes your mind can be so confused and overworked and the analysis paralysis the one thing that is unmistakable that God put inside you is your heart your heart feels and this is what these men were were disregarding was I don't care how many ways you're gonna deceive yourself you cannot deceive your heart because that's where I live and you're saying your heart is wrong or my heart is wrong and that's 
that's what's unforgivable because the only real true barometer you have of whether something's of God or not is that is that unmistakable feeling in your heart. I am on the right path. I know my Redeemer lives. Hey friends, what are the voices you are listening to? Are those voices leading you to a closer relationship to God? Are you becoming closer to friends and family? Are your relationships strengthening? Are you becoming more selfless, forgiving, patient, and accepting? Are your choices leading you to light, to heaven, to holiness, to peace? God is speaking directly into your mind and your heart, but can you hear him? Can you discern his voice? Some people would call the combination of your mind and heart your conscience. A little side note, every election period in my church, we are told to follow our conscience about who to elect. But then the next question is, how do we form that conscience? In this age where so much of the media we absorb feeds us information through a political bias, we need to have somewhere to go where we can trust that the information that is forming our conscience is not from man's opinions, but directly from God. Friends, that place is the Bible. The Bible is a book like no other because it is the Holy Spirit-breathed Word of God itself. The practical reason to begin reading parts of your Bible with a scripture study book is so that you can begin learning what it is God has already said to us about this life, to be able to discern His voice when we do hear it in our hearts. You want, as I want, the number one loudest voice in your head to be that of your most trusted friend, your mightiest ally, your wisest parent. I encourage you today to go out and get a really good study Bible. Find one that speaks to you. There's so many out there now that you will be able to find one that fits right into your situation. And then practice listening. When you get that Bible in front of you, sit quietly and just ask God a simple question. Where do you want me to begin? He might give you a specific place or a specific issue. This is a great way to begin practicing your God listening because he is ecstatic that you want to get to know him better through his word and he will certainly answer that question. I encourage you to be brave and to just jump in. Remember, the only unforgivable sin is blaspheming the Holy Spirit and that is simply calling good bad and bad good. Well, the point of studying scripture is so that you have those two straight, and you will not be deceived by God. He is truth himself. His word will tell you what will be good for you and what will not. In his word, you will find the only place where you can truly be safe, known, loved, and whole. You will find peace. And that word, that voice, that relationship will become louder 
and louder until you are walking with it in all the moments of your day. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Secret Peacock. This is Lynn Bernoski-Kilbride, and I hope that today's podcast inspired you to live your fullest life. Feel free to email me at lynn1013 at cs.com with ideas and topics you'd like to hear me cover on the show. That's lynn, L-Y-N-N, 1013 at cs.com. Visit my website, at sacredspacesgroup.com for even more inspiration. My YouTube channels are Sacred Spaces Group or Lynn Kilbride. And lastly, find all my books, including my latest, Tales of the Secret Peacock, on Amazon. Thanks again for listening, and God bless you.